What's on Randy's wall of predictions? They're all notarized. Some have been extended by years, and all are wildly optimistic. All part of Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. This is podcast number 14. Boy, we're we're almost halfway through the double digits here, or through, uh, through the tens anyway. So I'm kind of surprised at that. It's, it, it's gone quickly. Doing two a week and boom, here we are, 14. Uh, so here's what's coming up today, Amy. We've got Dr. Sharon Ford again uh, from uh, Focus on the Family to talk about foster parenting and maybe adoption. And a couple of folks from the Crow Wing County Fair. Uh, a neat testimony. I don't know if you heard this one from Michael, one of the clients. I think I may have, but I'm not sure. He was uh, he was serving and cooking at the at the Crow Wing County Fair, and uh, we'll do that. And the thing about uh, consumer fraud from the credit unions. All the credit unions got together and had a booth at the fair uh, about how to watch out for you know people taking advantage of your network. Right. So. All right. That's coming up. Interesting. And Freuda, Freunda, Freunda, Freuda. One of these days, Freuden, I have to... Freud. Freuden, Freud. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> it's German for friend joy. Right. And if you're actually German and know how to actually speak German, you can send your cards and letters to Phil at... Uh, you know, <laughs> So this is a this is a real thing. It's finding pleasure in another person's good fortune. Scientists, and there are scientists apparently studying this. Freud of Freud. The bliss we feel when someone else succeeds, even if it doesn't directly involve us. Mm. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Dr. Catherine Chambliss, professor of psychology at uh, Ursinus College in Collegeville, Pennsylvania. You know, if I was just reading that without knowing there was a study involved, I'd say, they made that name up. But apparently, apparently it's a real place. Apparently. They say that uh, it makes relationships more enjoyable, and generally it's good for you. Uh, Here's another person, Erica White's empathy researcher at Harvard. How do you you study empathy? That'd be hard to study, wouldn't it? You'd think so. I mean that, and that's what a niche. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I but, study empathy. Uh, Erica says that uh, the feeling closely resembles positive empathy, the ability to experience someone else's positive emotions. And they did a study in 2021 examining empathy's role in daily life and found that it propels acts of kindness, like helping others, sharing on someone else's joys, can foster resilience, improve life satisfaction. And help people cooperate during a conflict. There you go. All right. So uh, there's some positive th- ways you can experience Freud and Freud. Freud. Freuden. Freud and Freud. There you go. Friendship, joy. Uh, this is from uh, Dr. Weins again. Help people strengthen their joy sharing muscles. Mm. Uh, the, uh, the colleagues developed this program called Freuden Freud Enhancement Training, or FET for short. <laughs> okay. All right. Two exercises. They found that depressed college students who practiced uh, the exercises had a much better time expressing uh, Freud of Freud 
and enhance their relationship. Uh, one way to do this, asking questions. Uh, to start, invite the bearer of good news to discuss the experience, even if your heart isn't in it. Uh, let's see, where is it here? Speak with your friend, make eye contact, listen attentively, and ask questions about what's going on in their life. That sure. sounds like takes a the fo- thing. focus off you and yeah. makes you think about what they're saying. And- exactly. Uh, cultivate joy by inviting others to share their victories. What was a bright spot in your day? Or I like this one. I could use some good news today. What's the best thing that happened to you this week? Uh, sure. Yeah. Asking about the other person's win turns you into a joy spectator. <laughs> okay. So uh, the doctor says, as delicious as it is to delight in our enemies' defeats, celebrating our friends' successes, big and small, helps us all triumph at the end. All right. I'm going to keep this because I need to refer to this once in a while. It's a win-win. Freud, Freud and Freud. There you go. I started you saying it. it right at the I know. Well, you're the one who taught me it. Well, yeah. I, it, I mean, I I learned what it was from you. Yeah. And then you forgot what it was called. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, it's not unusual, I guess. <laughs> uh, Dr. Sherrod Ford has had success in working with um, uh, the, the whole idea of adoption and foster care. And now she's uh, she's uh, with the focus on the family. So let's mm. go to that. Roll that reel there, Rollo. Dr. Sharon Freud, uh, Ford. <laughs> Dr. Freud. <laughs> no, Dr. Ford. 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 91.5 and 102.7, the, wo- uh, the word. Dr. Sharon Ford is with us, Director of Foster Care and Adoption at Focus on the Family. Dr. Ford, thanks for joining us here in Minnesota. Well, thank you so much for having me on your program today. Dr. Ford is a nationally recognized child welfare consultant and retired manager of the Colorado Department of Human Services and former president of the National Association of State Adoption Programs and the Association of Administrators Administrators for the Interstate Compact on Adoption Medical uh, uh, Assistance. Uh, Dr. Ford, uh, what we wanted to talk about today is that there are a number of kids in the foster care system now who will be unable to stay with the temporary families that they already have. You know, um, it seems like there is, there's a shortage of foster homes. And so um, kids are being moved around for different reasons. Families are stopping foster care, maybe because of their own um, health issues. Um, but instead of kids being able to stay in a family-like setting, they're staying in offices or they're being put in a juvenile detention center because those are where that, that juvenile detention center is a bed. Hmm. It gives them a roof over their head. They're staying in hotels. Um, they're staying, as I said, in a sleeping bag in the office of a child welfare office, and that's not where kids belong. That's got to be heartbreaking for people involved in the system who day in and day out are dealing with this system. Is it, are we kind of broken at this point? Well, I can tell you that there are many cracks yeah. in the system, and um, you're constantly putting out fires. There's always something going on. And when there's an influx of kids um, coming into care that you need to protect, you've got to do that. You've got to get them out of those unsafe situations. 
but you also have to have safe places to put them. And so it's hard. Do you leave them there and leave them in their home knowing that something bad could still happen? Do you take them out? Of course you take them out, particularly littles, particularly yeah. little kids yeah. um, who can't, can't go and get help, can't speak and say, somebody's hurting me. Um, and, and then when you take them out, where do you put them? And so that's the issue. Why aren't families coming forward? Are they aware that there are kids right there in their neighborhoods that need a safe place to be? And um, if they're not aware, that's why I wanted to be on your program, is to help people know families, church families, community, child welfare needs you to step up to make a difference in the lives of these children who are being harmed in their homes and they need a safe place to be. Are you that safe place for them? Are you willing to go through the training to be equipped to welcome one or many kids into your home? There does seem to be a disconnect, too, between this uh, desire to have kids and many couples who, for some reason, uh, can't have kids or maybe uh, got uh, got going later in life. Uh, and, and yet, uh, so there's this pent-up desire to start a family, and yet uh, we've got all these kids who have needs all around us. And how do we get these two parts of our society together? Well, one, you make a good point that there are families... Um, couples out there saying, oh, we want to start a family. We want to have children. And I, I ask them to step back and say, okay, can you be a temporary family for yeah. a child in need yeah. while you wait and start your family? Um, you can do both. And um, you can do both well with training, with equipping, with information. Um, I think that sometimes people aren't aware. And so your program is a wonderful way to make people aware. Um, these, I think that there's some things going on sometimes when people go, well, those are bad kids. Why would I want to take a, a troubled child into my home? It's like these children are, are victims right. of things that have happened to them. And they haven't had good parenting. They haven't had structure. Some of them have been without food. Some of them have been denied being able to go to school. Uh, some of them have been uh, uh, abused every single day, hit, beaten by someone who in their home. Um, and your home, your home is an opportunity for that child and maybe their siblings to have be well taken care of, supported, while their families get the help that they need. We have broken, people talk about the broken system. We have broken family systems because families are going through so many things. There's the issue of poverty. There's the issue of mental health, families who have mental health issues. There are families who have um, lost their jobs. Yeah. And, and so, boy, and they turn to what? They turned... They self-medicate with alcohol or drugs. So now that's an added um, issue going on in the household. They're not functioning well. And so in all this dysfunction, who's the victim? The children. And these children need a safe, nurturing, loving place where they can learn how to be a child, learn how to go to school, learn how to behave, 
learn how to ask questions and ask for help and be protected until they're raised um, and are able to be out on their own. Dr. Sharon Ford is our guest, and she's the director of foster care and adoption at Focus on the Family. And I would imagine that you uh, folks at Focus have a lot of information or resources to help people get to the point of of being able to uh, uh, bring foster kids into their home. Phil, yes, we do. We have a wonderful brand new website. It's called waitnomore.org, all one word, waitnomore.org. People can click on that website. And one of the things it says is about getting started. How do I get started if I'm interested in being a foster parent? What, how do I get started if I want to do respite care, temporary foster care, um, maybe for a weekend or for a week for a foster parent who just needs a break? Um, are there other ways that I can serve a family who is fostering so that they don't feel like they're alone, that they have the supports that they need? We call those allies. Um, all that information is on our website, waitnomore.org. We want people to be informed, to be prayerful, and then when God has spoken to their heart, to take action so that they can make a difference and be a resource to a hurting child. Slow talkers Dan and Chan portion size and our panel of experts. It's Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. Well, the fair's done. Summer's almost over, it seems like. And I just, uh, I, I don't think I've uh, really started summer yet. I'm still stuck in springtime. Yeah, June and July went way too quick. Like That was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. I need it back. I'm claiming September. I need September. more time. I need more time. <laughs> yeah, September is officially summer this okay. year. Okay. Right? I'll go with Gives that. Gives us a little bit more anyway. Yeah. All right, we had fun uh, on the the Kwame Company on the on the regular radio program with uh, unique ways to let someone know that they are loved. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I don't know if you you had a favorite on there, but uh, um, yes, which I can't remember what it was now. But okay, I think oh, it was the plate license plate. Oh, the license plate. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was uh, early in our marriage. This is from Mary Schultz. Early in our marriage, my husband Bill and I worked different shifts and seldom saw each other. Well, we can all relate to those days. I remember (laughs) that. Uh, We'd leave notes to communicate, addressing each other and signing off with just our initials. This was pre-cell phone, too. That's right. (laughs) You know, now it would be uh, some kind of message or something. Right. Just send a quick text. Yeah. One day I came home to find our pond. Oh, wait a second. I'm on the wrong one. I'm not on. I'm on the, the pond one. This isn't the mm. license plate one. Oh, you have to do that. I love you dash B written in giant letters in the snow on the pond. I thought that was cute, though, too. That was nice. Shoveled the whole thing. Right. Shoveled out each letter. After 18 years of marriage, he's still the love of my life. Rookies. Okay. Now, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, where's the one with the license plates? It's in here somewhere. Uh, now, this one isn't the license plate one either, but I, I, <laughs> I got to it. So, Well, you know. 
My husband and I try to maintain a sense of humor about our shortcomings, like his refusal to admit he has a hearing problem. <laughs> well, it's obviously not his problem. Every uh, Everybody else is mumbling. Or just not talking loud enough. That's right. While driving alongside the highway one day, <laughs> I read a road sign exit aloud. Harleyville. He turned to me and said, I love you too. <laughs> it became an inside joke between us. Instead of I love you, we would just say Harleyville. Must Very have been nice. fun at parties and stuff. Every once in a while that'll happen with Wes and I. I'll say something yeah. and he'll he'll say I love you too. Um, <laughs> that's not <laughs> well, what I said, but what? thank you. I just asked you to take out the garbage. What? <laughs> What was that? <laughs> All right, here we go. This is the one about the license. I found the license plate. It's titled Oh good. License to Love. <laughs> nice. <laughs> From Michael. Um, I wrote a letter to my wife Patty every day while I was deployed. Okay. Got the picture now. He's overseas probably. Or we don't know where, but I signed each of them, Patty, I love you, Mike. Sometimes I'd abbreviate it P I L Y M. Mm -hmm. I love you, Mike. Sure. Once home, I had to buy a new vehicle registration. I chose a custom license plate that reads P-I-L-Y-M, which makes her smile every time I pull in the driveway. And drives everybody else insane because they have no idea what it means. Pile them, pile them, what? (laughs) Okay. Uh, I love that, though. The Blossom one. Do you remember that one? The Bulbs? Yeah, the tearful one. It's a kind of a sad one, mm-hmm. but it's nice. So, so this will be our last one. So then, uh, I don't know if we have a goal on the podcast to make you cry or laugh every time. No, thank goodness. You laugh more often. Uh, right. You haven't cried as much on the podcast. I don't so. think you've got me to cry. All thank right. goodness for that. Now we're working towards it. <laughs> <laughs> Janice said that my husband Larry was excellent at giving unique gifts. Now, I wish I knew what some of the other gifts were that you Larry no had. No kidding. What, what led up to this one? Yeah. One Christmas, he gave me 100 daffodil, daffodil bulbs of all kinds and colors. It's my favorite flower tied to special memories of my grandmother. However, I have a black thumb and thought, oh, no, am I going to have to plant all these? <laughs> <laughs> reading my mind. See, she didn't even say this out loud. Right. This is in right. italics here, which <laughs> means she thought it. Right. Yeah. Larry assured me that planting was part of the gift. So he planted all <laughs> the one... best part of the gift. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go out and buy a hundred bulbs. No right. problem. Somebody else needs to plant these yeah, for plant me. Plant them. Uh, he planted all hundred bulbs all over our yard and they blossomed into beautiful landscape each spring. Larry passed a few years ago, but each spring when the daffodils bloom, I know his love still surrounds me. That's so nice. It is. He made a a difference in her life that continues. All right. Can't even imagine what a hundred daffodils would look like. And different colors. I like I didn't know that they came in other colors besides yellow. Oh yeah. And and they uh, they spread too. I mean those bulbs keep Right. Growing out. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. That's what I'd like my yard to be is just a bunch of flowers with some paths through it. Some paths? You mean like. Paths. Paths. Oh. like Paths. Like concrete stepping stone uh-huh. kind of like things or stepping something. Stepping stones and just to get from one end to the other. Or to... Never have to mow it. Right. Might have to do some weeding. You know what? I don't want to do that either. 
Maybe oh, the big no, ones. It's, it's, Maybe if I see a big one sticking up in it, but I don't right. want to like. No, I don't want to. You want to have to be bending over doing no. weeding all the time. Yeah. yeah. No, just yeah. kind of more natural. Yeah. We've got uh, rocks <laughs> for our uh, around the house. You know those rocks. Mm-hmm. And uh, weeds come up in there, and then you gotta walk around out in the rocks and yeah. I'm going to get one of them flamethrowers. Have you seen those? Uh, I have seen those. You, Wes you, really, really wanted one yeah. for Christmas, and I told oh. him no. Oh, Wes and I will have to get together in this. <laughs> yeah, I know where go. they've got them. Yeah, uh, we saw them for you, sale at a sporting goods store. You hooked your LP, or not LP, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah LP tank mm-hmm. up to this flamethrower thing. It looks a lot like a World War II flamethrower, uh-huh. and you get your weeds. Just don't do it too close to vinyl siding. No, you will melt it. Or, or your hot tub or something. Right. To, no. <laughs> but I rocks, just, that'd be great. Uh-huh. Sure. Face the other direction. Stand at the house and face out. Okay, I'm going to the Dollar General this afternoon. Not Dollar General. I was um, going to say, I don't think they have no, them there. No, 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 it wasn't. It was <laughs> Harbor Freight. Oh, okay. The Dollar yes, General Har- of Freight. tool stores. Harbor Freight. Is there's a flamethrower? Is it like a, tor- a torch? It's a torch. But torch. Something yeah. or other. They call it something else, though, when it's a tool. See, at the sporting goods store, it's called yeah. a flamethrower. Oh, really? When you go, oh, yes. Yep. When you go to a tool store, yeah. then they call it something else, like a brick torch or something like that. Oh, okay. It's for, like, heating up, like, the ground or heating up things. Yeah. yeah it, they call it Not something else. Not necessarily to kill weeds. No. But, okay. but that's I think what I'm it's doing. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Why not? All right. This is Kwame <laughs> Company on the word. You know, we were at the Crow Wing County Fair a while back, and one of my favorite things is talking to the clients of Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge because they run the cafe there. Right. Make all the great food. And uh, uh, Michael is one of the uh, clients for Teen Challenge, and Mm -hmm. uh, we've got his testimony. Wonderful. 91.5 91.5 and 102.7 The Word at the Crow Wing County Fair. Now we're over at the, the Teen Challenge uh, Cafe with Michael Johnson. Hi, Mike. Hello. Uh, so what are you doing here at the cafe? Um, I'm taking orders. We're at the uh, Teen Challenge Cafe, and we're serving food, uh, Bill W. burgers, chicken tenders, yeah. uh, cotton candy, everything. And what so- are your recommendations? I would say come get a Bill W. burger okay. with fried onions. Oh, okay. That does sound good. Yeah. You don't have liver, do you? I love fried onions and liver. You don't have that. Not, not this year, no. Okay. Yeah, we can lobby for that for next year. Fried onions and liver, there's nothing Amen. better. Well, anyway, uh, so you're one of the clients. You're in the long-term residential care program? Yes, I'm in a, a long-term uh program i've been here since april now so well, uh, how what led you to your your path to teen challenge what uh what was the genesis of that um god led me to teen challenge uh, i was just talking to somebody over here and they asked the same thing um i got saved when i was seven eight years old yeah. and, and baptized and uh life just took a whole another you know direction after that right but uh, i'm 38 years old now and um, addiction. Um, I had an addiction ever since I can remember. Uh, if it wasn't one thing, it was another. You know, started with marijuana, and uh, in the end, it was it was methamphetamines. But pretty much, my life just I was managing an unmanageable life, and that finally came to a halt. And um, yeah, I found God, and God put His hand on me, and just getting closer and closer to Him. Excellent. Well, I, I've done a lot of these interviews in the past with, with people just like you, and 
And uh, even though you probably came here in a crisis mode, uh, are you thankful that you ended up at Teen Challenge? I'm, I'm thankful every day. Um, Jeremiah 29 11, you know, it tells you God has plans for you. And, um, you know, God is in the plan. And, and everything I went through in life up until now, I thought I was alone. You know, I, th I felt outcasted to the world, and and you know, I felt like nobody has my problems. Nobody, and I'm I'm finding out everybody. You know, life can suck for times at everybody, and everybody goes through stuff. But right. uh, God will never leave you or forsake you. And um, my that's, life, that's my life is changing so much. God is working so much in my life. I'm letting Him work so much in my life, and I'm just thankful to be here. Uh, we're at the Teen Challenge Cafe, the Crow Wing County Fair, so stop on over and get uh, all the good food you can eat and, and leave a tip for the continued operations of Teen Challenge. We were just talking about Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29-11 on the air this morning and how uh, that was they were not in a good position when they got those promises. I mean, they, they were exiled. They were out of Israel. They were going to be there for 70 years, and yet God said, yeah, yeah, crisis mode, but... I have a plan for you, and uh, it's going to work out. And sometimes we forget that. It's not just, I got this plan, make it work, God. <laughs> yeah, and what I'm learning is when we do that, that's when we're struggling with God's will versus our will. Right, exactly. And, you know, I'm learning that um, he doesn't say that life would just be perfect or there won't be no any problems, but, you know, he'll get you through it. You won't be alone, and, you know, that's what he wants. He has a plan. And, yeah. Only he knows what that is. I don't even try to understand it anymore. And I just, you know, something doesn't feel right. If something feels a struggle, that anxiety comes, that uneasiness. I'm able to identify that now and just say, this is not what I want. This is not what I like. But that, that that's my will. Yeah. You know, this is what God wants. Yeah. And so God knows what's going to happen. God knew before I was born that we would have this interview this yeah. day. And he knows what's going to happen tomorrow and next month. And so... There's no point of racking my brain or stressing out yeah. over my desires and my wants when God knows what's going to happen. Any, you know, we can get in God's way. We very well can do that. And so yeah. now I try to just stay out of his way. And um, <laughs> yeah. Well, very good. I, I would imagine you get into conversations or there's a possibility of getting into conversations with the people that come to the windows here. Because I, I know the cafe, I've talked to Sam about it. Yeah, it raises money. Yeah, it's providing food. But it's also visibility and, and people probably sit down here all the time and think, well, well, my nephew or my son or my daughter is addicted to whatever. Yeah, I was just going to say, outside of everything you said, hope um, yeah. is two ways, you know. The people who come here, for me, I, I love working out here today and yesterday because minus getting out of the campus and, you know, being outside in the beautiful weather, yeah. uh, this is on-the-job training for me. Um, since being here, I learned. I learned how to be a, a father. I learned how to be a husband. I'm learning how to be a, a neighbor, a friend, a stranger. And, you know, I see people come with their families and you just, you know, I'm learning from that. Yeah. Somebody might come and get a, get a meal and see somebody who was once in addiction and now they're working for Team Challenge and yeah. they're doing something positive and that'll make them look at someone in their life that they know that is, you know, struggling with addiction and say, hey, there's hope. Look at what they're doing. Look at what they did. Yeah. And so the person that I thought about giving up on, the person that I don't have any faith in, you know, maybe I should rethink that. Yeah. And so, yeah.
Well, Michael, can we pray for you, and then we'll let you get back to us. It, it's fairly busy here, even on a hot oh, afternoon yes, like please that. Thank you. Uh, Lord, we th thank you for the ministry of Teen Challenge, and right now the cafe during the, uh, the, the Crow Wing County Fair. Uh, we pray that you'll prepare hearts for people that come, and they think they're just getting freedom fries, and they might get a, a conversation that leads to spiritual freedom just from uh, eating lunch here at the Teen Challenge Cafe. Thank you for Michael and the tremendous progress that, that you've been uh, making in his life. We pray that he'll continue, and uh, thank you for the plan you have for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You have a good day, Phil. Michael, thank you. Nice to meet you. Walleye Dan, The Stack of Stuff, A Morning Prayer, and Swirl Master 2000, all on Kwame and Company. I mean, I guess you're not supposed to sing along with those little deals. Anyway, this is Kwame and Company podcast. It sounds like Jason Gray. Could be, could be the background music, like the instrumental. Like... If you're going to sing a Jason yeah, Gray song, it sounds like one of his songs in church. You get one of these tapes there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got um, medical transcription goof ups here. Oh, fantastic! Something that goes wrong. <laughs> You know, you wonder about this, and I, I said uh, earlier, I think I've said when I was in college, I worked my way through college. That was back in the days when uh, we had work-study, which was a deal where you got sort of like, it um, uh, wasn't really a loan. Well, you, uh, you'd get money up front, and then you had to work at some job on the campus. Sure. To pay it off. Yep. Work-study. My daughter-in-law did that at Pensacola when she was working there. Okay. She worked like in the kitchen or something yeah. like that. And I was a nighttime part of security her tuition. guard. Mm. Well, not really a guard. You just walk around, count how many people are in each room, basically, when you... <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I had a... Uh, didn't even give us a flashlight, really, when I think of it now. Just a clipboard. <laughs> if, if somebody was doing something wrong, I... Show up with a clipboard. Oh, I better be Bash careful Bash him over now. the head. Yeah. <laughs> so we did that. And then I also worked uh, at uh, uh, medical records in the big hospital in, in um, Fargo. Nice. Um, and pretty much got through school and had no bills. I mean, no school bills anyway. I don't know if you could do that anymore. Probably not. Too expensive. How, you imagine how many hours you'd have to work to work off <laughs> you, you, <laughs> tuition now? Yeah. You, I'd, I'd still be sitting there counting people in rooms with my clipboard <laughs> 50 years later. Right. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, okay. So, medical transcription. So, I, I used to see these, uh, I had some friends that were the transcribers, and they still have people doing this because, uh, 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 well, the yeah. doctor's just talking to a little machine, they but talk, sometimes yeah. they do the talk into the computer one and it just writes it out yeah. into the chart. But now, they still but... need uh, people to, now their coders is another thing. Because mm. every procedure has a numerical sure. code. And yep. then, so the computers keep track of that, not the, you know, some long name of a right. procedure. But anyway, so these are all to real excerpts from medical transcripts. Begging the question, how does anyone get out of the hospital alive? <laughs> okay. Well, that's... Uh, I don't know if I go that far. That's thinking positive, right? This is from the nursebuff.com website. Okay. 
The baby was delivered, the cord clamped and cut, and handed to the pediatrician who breathed and cried immediately. Maybe he needs to go home and have a have a nap if the right. pediatrician is crying. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. And nappy time. Breathing for anybody. Good. Right. Good idea. All right. Uh, this is, okay, just a line here from the transcription. Patient was present when suppository was inserted. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> I'm Otherwise, not sure where you would insert it if he wasn't. Been, yeah, I don't know. Bleeding began in the rectal area and continued all the way to Los Angeles. Wait, that's, uh, oh. What? I don't know how that could happen. That but, doesn't even make sense. Uh, I think they were probably in the uh, ambulance, maybe. I don't know. I said. Uh, here we go. The, uh, the patient's past medical history has been remarkably insignificant with only a 40-pound weight gain in the last three days. What? Oh. That's not uh, Can you imagine? insignificant. I think, I think there's a typo in here. Somewhere. I think so. And finally, this is the social history. Social history reveals this one-year-old patient does not smoke or drink and is presently unemployed. So when you ask, because they ask those questions on every medical right, thing, right. doesn't matter how old the person yeah, is. Yeah. And I thought in this information age with computers running everything, yeah. that they wouldn't have to ask you if you have a life directive every single time you, or, or if you're a guy, or, it shouldn't ask you if you are pregnant. That's true too. I mean, do you feel safe in your home? Yes. Well, no, that I one, get that one. That I, one's that an important change. one. Okay. That one's an important one. That All one could right. change from time right. to time. Never mind. You I'm never wrong. know. They know what they're doing. I should never question <laughs> question the medical personnel. Uh, you know who you can question is when people want your security information, either online or you know somebody wants your social security number or said, well, if you take this amount out of your checking account, oh. I'm with the FDIC and I'm going to check out. No, 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 the, no, all no, the credit no. unions got together at the Crow Wing County Fair and had a booth about credit fraud. Mm. So uh, here we go with that. 91.5 and 102.7, the word, this is Phil, and we're at the Crow Wing County Fair in one of the industrial buildings. Which one are we in? Building number two. Building number two, which is where uh, a fraud prevention booth is. Now, who put this together? So all five area credit unions, Affinity, BNN, Crow Wing Power members in mid-Minnesota, we all see the need. We have members who come in every single day who are victims of fraud, and so we wanted to bring information about what to look for and what to do if you're a victim. Okay. What are some of the things that happen to people that come to you and say, uh, uh, all of a sudden I'm locked out of my accounts or, you know, the stuff that happens? Where is this coming from? Yeah, it could be any number of things. So they could... You could have shared information unknowingly. You could have been tricked into giving information. And even scammers are scanning people's carts from a distance. So we're giving away things at our booth, not just information, but each day. We have prize drawings for things to help protect yourself. So they now make purses and wallets that prevent someone from walking by and skimming your information off your carts. Which, who knows? Who knew that you needed those things nowadays? Now, there's a lot of things you can do without spending a lot of money, right? Just in how you approach your online life. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's about having strong passwords, having different passwords for every type of account, and then not sharing them with others, yeah. right? So I've been going with the five, four, three, two, one. Instead of counting up, I figured that would be, you know, like twice as good. Could be, but I would encourage you to go better, Phil. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, actually, I use the one that's generated by Apple, and those, nobody can get past those buggers. Of course, I never remember either, so. Right, and I think that's that's the key, is use the technology that's out there to yeah. protect yourself, yeah. so. Well, this is cool, and, and again, you're in uh, industrial building number two, you said two. Miranda, thanks for your help here. Thanks, Phil. Well, that's it for podcast number 014. I've got three digits now, because I've got big plans. 014. Next time on <laughs> 015, Dr. Sharon Ford and uh, ants. Ants. Yeah. Hmm. You'll have to tune into the next podcast. It might be there already. You can just let this thing keep rolling and it'll <laughs> right. go to 015. <laughs> right. All right.